Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. I'm John Gordon here with my co-host, Amari Cleveland and Craig Wiesmeyer. And Craig, I think you lined up special guests for us this morning. Do you want to launch us into today's extravaganza? Yeah, you know, I was driving over here and I got really excited, as I always do when we do a show. But, you know, for a little local radio show, we've been so blessed to get incredible guests on our show. We've got national speakers. We've got people who are really making a difference in the church. And today I'm so pleased that we can have... Dan and Stephanie Burke on our show. They do amazing things in marriage. They do amazing things, frankly, in the spiritual warfare. They're teaching priests. They're teaching seminarians. I mean, their whole ministry is based on blessing our church. And by way of introduction, first, uh, Dan is the founder and president of the Villa Institute of Spiritual Formation, which offers graduate and personal enrichment studies in spiritual theology in 90 countries. He is also the author and editor of more than 17 books on authentic Catholic spirituality and hosts the Divine Intimacy Radio Show with his wife, Stephanie, which is broadcast weekly on EWTN Radio. Resources can be found at spiritualdirection.com. Dan also is the founder of Apostoli VI, a worldwide association dedicated to living and advancing the authentic spiritual patrimony of the church. Most importantly, Dan is a husband, father of four, and grandfather of one, and a grateful Catholic. And Stephanie is the executive director of the Avila Foundation, which serves the church through the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation, the High Calling Seminary Preparation Program, and spiritualdirection.com. Stephanie has dedicated her life to the study, formation, and promotion of authentic Christian spirituality and works with Dan at the Avila Institute and the Apostoli VI. Welcome to the show, Dan and Stephanie. It's great to be with you all. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Like I said, we're blessed to have you on the show. Amazing all the work you guys have done. Would you mind, I mean, I'm sorry, I just got cued. We need to start with a prayer before we do anything else. I apologize. So, John, would you please? Let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, you promised that wherever two or three were gathered in your name, you would be there in our midst. And so we welcome you to this conversation. We ask for your presence in this conversation, and we give you thanks and praise, and we praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare, and and we just give you thanks and praise because we know despite the many challenges, the victory has been won. On Calvary's cross, you won for us the victory, the ultimate defeat of the evil one, but he does not relent. And so we ask you today, as we talk about how we deal with that, that you be with us, that he would not be in any form or fashion and in any way influential in these discussions, and that we would open the eyes and minds and hearts of those who are listening so that what you would have them understand is understood. Father, we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, John. Amen. It's kind of interesting to me that Ephesians 5 talks about marriage and how we're supposed to treat each other. And then the following chapter talks about spiritual warfare. And it seems ironic that Sister Lucia said uh, before she died, the final battle between God and Satan was going to be families and marriage. Just curiously, can you give us a little background on yourselves and maybe how you conceived of Divine Intimacy Radio and then Divine Intimacy Retreats, please? 
Yeah, well, so I'll start in Stephanie. St Stephanie's fault. The retreats are Stephanie's fault. So, <laughs> Thank Divine, you, Stephanie. Divine Intimacy Radio is uh, named after one of the best books on spiritual, daily spiritual theology reading, Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene, and it's called Divine Intimacy. And it was, he was the once the head of the Tricianum in Rome uh, before the council which was uh, the former spiritual center of the universe in terms of uh, the church. Um, and so it's just an extension of the vision of spiritualdirection.com, the Avila Foundation, of, through radio and, and as many means really as we can figure out, reaching the people of God with the life-changing message of Jesus, not just the gospel in its essence, which is, of course, always central, but also how it is that we come to union with God. So the intent of the show was to answer that question in um, 4,357,000 ways uh, <laughs> until we die. And then, of course, that, in some sense, our working together, I guess, uh, birthed in Stephanie's heart, the Divine Intimacy Marriage Retreat. So Yeah. As we were working together in radio, you know, so many people every once in a while would break through with questions on marriage spirituality. You know, how do we manage this? How do we grow as a couple? How do we fight this culture of death that tears apart families and divorce and despair and, you know, all that difficulty? And Dan and I have been through the healing process of the annulment process and are a blended family. And so in the healing and the gifting of our marriage and this ministry, we realized that we were particularly suited to love and serve families in this really crazy time and difficult time of, of darkness and people really struggling. So I was discussing it with a beautiful uh, nun uh, who is a friend of ours, who's a sister at the time, and uh, she's now Mother Superior of an order here in Alabama. And I said, Mother, you know, we're considering someday of maybe doing a, a marriage retreat. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, yes, you'll do it now. <laughs> and I said, we'll, we'll do it someday, Mother. We're really thinking about it. She goes, no, you'll do it now. And she said, and you'll do it here at our retreat center. So we began the, the, the birthing process, basically, of the marriage retreat, which I can tell you the enemy does not like. Um, it was very, very painful. We took off for a week to be by ourselves so that we could just really go deep. There was lots of spiritual warfare. But huge breakthrough, what the Lord wanted to bring forth. And it was a merger of everything that we teach, but through the lens of Ephesians 5, through the lens of the interior life and the paradigm of ascent, which revolves around sacraments and prayer and self-giving and our fiat. And in that came the marriage retreat. And when we hoped that it would draw a full house at their retreat center and at the time was in the middle of COVID. And so we thought maybe we could get, uh, you know, 15 or so couples. We quickly had 35 couples and then it exploded to where they couldn't handle it. And we had to move to Hansville and it just keeps growing and growing to where we had hundreds in attendance the last time. And it is such a remarkable, beautiful thing to see couples, sitting around in different areas on the property, discussing these things that we've brought forth through our testimony, through our teaching that the Lord's given, and to watch them be transformed. It's just been extraordinary.
Yeah. Praise God. Yes, praise God. That's so wonderful. What I love about your message in that too is you're talking about really deep, rich things, right? You're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about the evil one who's after our marriages, after our families, after our very souls, and yet you're offering amazing hope. So we would love as we go through our time today, we would also love to hear some of the fruits, some of the things that you've, that these couples have come back because I think our listeners as, and we here in the studio as well, it's so helpful to hear the hope of what's happened through that. Um, one of the things I've heard you guys say is that the Catholic mystical tradition has answers to what ails us. And it sounds yeah. like that's kind of how you built the retreat. So just kind of foundationally, can you speak to that? Because for some of us, Catholic mystical tradition seems seems like a, a really big phrase and, and kind of hard to wrap our arms around. And yet you put this into a, a way that's so tangible and applicable for people. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the I think the impetus for that approach is that I come out of an abusive background and Stephanie's parents were in much more stable than mine, but still difficulty. And where i found my healing has been through a Catholic mystical tradition in the sense of what does it mean to come to a place of peace? And Jesus promises us, and he shows us in the the New Testament, and he shows us in the mystical tradition reveals that proximity to Christ is the solution for all things that ail the human soul. Mm. That includes psychological, spiritual, physiological. That doesn't mean that the psychological sciences, for instance, aren't, aren't important. But I think that the best application of the psychological sciences come in conjunction with a proper anthropology, um, which means a proper understanding of the human person according to God's design. Mm-hmm. So as we approach the retreat, this is kind of my, Stephanie's brainchild, she structured it all. My strength is more saying, okay, what is the normative progress of the soul? What are the normal issues that we face? How does that play out in marriage? And then how can we present it, which is Stephanie's strength? How can we present that systematically in a way that draws people closer to Christ, closer to their their authentic identity in him? And then when they come to that place, they can understand one another better and know what their role is and what their responsibilities are. And then have the, the benefits of the mystical tradition and the disciplines related to it to live it out when they leave. So I don't know. All that sounded really esoteric. So why don't you be more practical? You want to be more practical? Yeah, here? I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's no. Happened. You know what? We've got we have listeners who are going to really um, jive on what you just shared, Dan, and we've got listeners who are going to really appreciate what Stephanie's about to share. So that's perfect. <laughs> well, you know, in the in the most practical sense, and and I and I speak from experience. You know, so. So I'm I'm what I would consider a revert. You know, I never left the Catholic Church except to say that there's I spent many years unknowingly um, and brokenly um, living out my faith in a in a state of mortal sin, and I just have to be honest with that. Mm-hmm. And I I wasn't realizing how far I was from Christ, and then through my reversion and the Lord gifting me Dan in that process, and then fully engaging with what it truly means to be authentically Catholic. And I mean, day to day, hour to hour, minute by minute, not just on Sunday for an hour, right? But every moment of my life, every day, what is Christ asking of me? And what does he desire of me? And what, what does justice demand? 
I began to live that out. And so we teach that. What does that look like? And and I remember the first time that I saw, you know, kind of this outline of what it meant to be authentically Catholic. And I wept mm. because I thought I, I never heard this. Mm. I didn't know that I could have a daily prayer life. I didn't know the power of it. I didn't really understand even the power of confession or, or the graces that come from that, that strengthen me to help me to live out a holy um, wisdom or motherhood or, or just to be a, a, a decent human being day to day that's not driving everybody around them nuts. <laughs> you know, I, so I, I, in, in, in engaging that, we find out that by living this authentic Catholic spirituality, that we can engage in all these graces that the Lord desires to pour out on us that strengthens us, that makes us better for one another, and, and helps us to be to the other person who, who we can be, giving ourselves away to them fully and freely and totally. They, in turn, give it back, hopefully, you know, and certainly one of us has to start at some point, even not, not everybody starts identically at the same place. And that's certainly a big part of our ministry is those that are unequally yoked, which is a, a terrible cross. But living that out every day is how we get beyond ourselves, how we tap into the power of Christ and his church, and it changes everything. And we, we like to talk about how, you know, if you engage fully with what he has for you, it changes you and it changes the world around you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Folks, if you're just joining us, you're listening to The Family Room, and uh, we're talking uh, with Dan and Stephanie Burke about spiritual warfare and marriage. And if I could go back just for a second, Dan, you you talked about peace, and we just had yesterday's reading, or depending on when you're listening to the podcast, I guess, but the reading from Philippians 4, Mm -hmm. um, where uh, where Paul exhorts us to to have no... no, uh, no anxiety, uh, and he says, the Lord is near, mm. and, and I'm taking all these things apart, right? But the Lord is near, and, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will stand over your mind and heart in Christ Jesus. I love that. I love that, um, the consolations that that, that that particular scripture brings. And then I thought about marriage as, and we've talked on several of our shows, as marriage being that part, that aspect of, of existence on this earth and that is closest to the Trinity. It's, it's this union uh, of a man and a woman, and it arguably would be a source of peace. And I'll tell you from my personal experience, when everything is good between Barbara and me, there is great peace. And when things are not good, there is not great peace. Um, and it's difficult. And it affects the rest of the world, it, it right? It affects everything so. that we touch, both of us. And I think we're both very profoundly affected by those things. Um, and so I wanted to think or ask you to share with us the whole idea. It, it just makes sense to me. I think to us, the reason we're having this conversation is if Satan was going to attack, he would go to the place where the greatest reflection of the greatness of God is present and where that great peace can be. And he's going to want to tear it apart. Talk to, because in our own marriages, we each bring something to the table that is just not right. Explain how that brokenness and how peace gets ruptured and how how all that works together and then kind of lead us down the path of, of dealing with it, I guess. So, John, one thing you said that's really important, and, and maybe Stephanie might be better answer the question, but you said, that, and of course you quoted uh, Sister Lucia Craig at the beginning 
regarding the, the final battle being against marriage. Then John, you noted that the human uh, intimacy between husband and wife is is the greatest understanding of the Trinity. I would even elevate what you said in that, and to say that all of the spiritual doctors of the church use the holy intimacy between husband and wife, which is both unitive and procreative, as the highest expression and understanding analogously to what it means to know contemplative union with God. And so the that is why pornography exists, in my opinion, mm. is to wreck in the man right. in the minds of, of women and men to destroy what that union should be. It's why so many other things exist that come against marriage, and because marriage is a a living sign, a living uh, uh, signpost that says this is the way to God. This is the way to holiness. Mm. And so the enemy hates it. And also because in its proper orientation, it's procreative, which means it changes uh, both both persons. Procreative in, it, in that it's in that it not only brings forth life uh, in terms of physical life, a new soul, all of that, but it's procreative in that it, it brings forth light and life, life to the world, mm. you know, the living water, the bread of life, you know, Jesus himself. So as we draw near to one another in union with God, that by definition draws us both to him in a more powerful way than we could ever do on our own, at least those of us called to marriage. But then it it makes us, if you will, as followers of Jesus, an even more profound uh, beacon of light to the world. So the unitive aspect draws us near to one another and near to God. The procreative reality is both in terms of new life and a new soul, but also new life in Christ to the world. Now, that's beautiful. It's um, deep spirituality there, which, I mean, I think we all look for. Sometimes we lose that in the practical. And what I mean is, um, obviously, in your book, Dan, about spiritual warfare, the discernment of spirits, you know, you you identify Satan for exactly what he is. You know, the this this prowling animal trying to tear people apart, trying to tear things apart. Um, and I think we've lost that a lot in our church. I think when the head of an order says, "Well, we're not even sure it's real," it kind of represents something, kind of is is contrary to what our church has taught forever. But in that, practically, you earlier mentioned, you know, you've come from a little bit of a challenge background. Stephanie has some of her own brokenness. Uh, I can tell you, I bring plenty of brokenness into my marriage, as does my wife, Kelly. But you both teach that in that brokenness, number one, there's two, two components. Number one, there's a lie that may be on repeat in our brain over who we are and who we're not. And then number two, I think Stephanie, in your podcast, in the podcast with Dan, you mentioned it's exactly in that brokenness that God brought us together for a reason that, and I hate to say it because a lot of times we all want to believe our marriages are perfect, but it's in that grind on a daily basis where iron sharpens iron and God uses that. Can you go a little deeper into that? Yeah, it's it's a huge um, mystery and it's, I think it's the, the, if you're not understanding what's happening, it can, can cause you to flee mm -hmm. and to run away from your marriage. And, and when you come into that place of pain where you are rubbing up against one another, if you're not 
willing to die to yourself in that, you know, it can cause you to really do a lot of damage or to end up going the opposite direction and ending in divorce. And so we have to understand that, that my, in our marriages, we are very much each other's cross, right? So God created a cross for me to carry, and he's shaped just like Dan Burke. Yeah. <laughs> his name is the same. And, and his name's the same, you know? And, and the Lord created a cross for Dan, and it's shaped just like Stephanie Burke, right? And, and that those crosses come with, with beauty because, you know, they're made of this, beauty, this beautiful material that the Lord's created, but they're heavy and they have wounds and scars that cause damage to us, you know, when we pick them up and we carry them in their fullness. But just as we are all called to be, to be Christ to, to others in the world, we're, we're centrally called to be Christ to our spouse. And that means on a daily basis, I am to carry and to, to take on Dan's burdens, right? And his difficulties and allow them to pass in and through me and in self-giving and self-sacrifice. On my best day, I can transform that into a place of peace and healing for him. And he can do the same for me, right? But it, it's a tremendous uh, place of self-denial and vulnerability and it's what I call radical vulnerability. You know, we hear the word vulnerable and everybody kind of goes, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm vulnerable. I, I talked about how, you know, such and such bothered me. We're talking about an area of rawness and vulnerability where we can display our wounds to each other in safety our deepest wounds. And, and allow each other uh, to be received there. You know, one of the most beautiful things about marrying Dan and entrusting my life to his care was that I understood that he loved God more than he loved me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in that, I knew I could be safe, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's such the greatest gift, you know, for, for a woman in particular. I needed to be safe to know that I could entrust my heart and my, my vulnerability, my brokenness, um, everything that I had and was and, and my children to him, right? But I knew that he knew that he had to stand before God mm-hmm. for whatever happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so in that we can continue to stay in the fight and what we call it is fighting towards one another with Christ in the middle. And we always understood that if we could head towards Christ and fight towards one another and not run from one another, that we would be okay. Okay, there's so much I want to react to. <laughs> so much I want to. Okay, first thing I want to react to is one of the most practical things that I tell people when they're not married is Stephanie, what you just shared. You need to choose a man who loves God more than he's ever going to love you. That is first and foremost what you got to find. You got to, you know, we talk about find somebody who can cherish you, somebody who will love you so much, somebody who's handsome. So, no, 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 no. You need to find a guy who loves God first and foremost above any and everything else, which goes back to Ephesians 5. We joke about Ephesians 5 in my household. But when we talk about submitting ourselves to one another, I can only... I can only with hope and with faith and with 
great peace, submit myself to my husband because I know that he answers first and foremost to God and that he puts himself first and foremost under God's planning, under God's will, because then I know he's going to do what's best for our marriage and for me, for our children, because he's not coming to this place from a selfish place, right? He's coming to it as a, in obedience to, to God. Um, so that is, that is, um, that's the one thing. The other thing I love what you guys had said before was that um, was that you said my spouse is my cross. And some people are like, wait a second, hold on. My spouse is my cross. That sounds really awful. But what struck me when the first time I heard you all say that was Jesus redefined what the cross meant because the cross could be seen as an instrument of torture, which Yes. And as you just said, there's, there's the burden of the cross, but Jesus made it into the instrument of salvation and Amen. right. And so that's what our marriage is for each other is we are, as we work together, as we, we, as you said, draw near to each other so that we can draw in that synergy, even more near to, to, to Christ, we help each other in our walk to salvation. And, and it's transformative, right? The cross is transformative. Yeah. So as I embrace my cross and I kiss my cross and I allow it to purge me and change me and purify, purify me, I become who God, God is asking me to be, right? Mm-hmm. To the extent that I die to myself and allow that to happen. And uh, just that's that's the manifestation of what you just said, Mari. So. Jesus transformed the cross from instrument of torture to, to method of salvation, but he also made it a requirement, right? He said, mm-hmm. unless you take up your cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who joke about, well, you haven't seen my wife. If you think taking up your wife as your cross is a good idea, but I will tell you in my world, there is no better cross to take up than the woman who I married. Mm-hmm. And and we hear Dan and, and Stephanie, we hear you guys saying that about each other. So in a certain sense, this whole marriage concept and, and the marriage being the cross, as you've identified it, really is how we help each other to heaven. You, you guys have put in a, in, a, in a very practical and easy to follow light some really pr- fun foundational principles of our faith. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. One of the things that you guys said was, and Craig mentioned it, iron sharpens iron. And you talked about us having opposite virtues and how our opposite virtues make that happen as well. So I just want to kind of put that up there as a teaser for when we come back from break. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Um, do you have anything short to say about that before we head off? Well, I mean, we're, we're designed, the St. Catherine of Siena, God the Father through her said, we are designed in such a way that in and of ourselves, we are insufficient to come to salvation. Mm-hmm. And so I believe he designs husband and wife in a way that, they they must be uh, un, uh, unified in terms of the ultimate demo, divine will for marriage and a particular marriage in him. They must be unified. We must be unified to get to heaven. And so that's a little bit of uh, the end result of him bringing us together, even with uh, differences in strengths. Great. Thank you. So listeners, you are listening to The Family Room and you are listening to Dan and Stephanie Burke. And so please stay tuned. We'll be right back with them. We'll be right back inside The Family Room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? 
Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's health care services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not health care. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. We're interviewing Dan and Stephanie Burke. Would you please share with us something from your memory of a family room event? (laughs) Dan's smiling over there. This ought to be good. Well, we we had a habit. One of the things we were trying to do with our kids is get them to think critically. So we we did a couple of things. Um, One, as an example, we we had them watch a debate between Dinesh D'Souza and Christopher Hitchens. And Christopher Hitchens is a, is a deceitful, God rest his soul, but he was a deceitful man. And he used deceitful tactics in his debates and sounded brilliant. And he was not, nothing of the sort. And so we would play it and then, and then tell the kids, what, what happened there? What did he just say? You know, and walk them through the debate and stop it and try to get them to listen more carefully to when the evil one is speaking through someone like him. Mm. The other one we did, which both annoyed the kids and then became a habit of the kids, funny enough, was we would go to movies together, and then I would always ask them, 
what is the narr- what is the underlying narrative or what is the what is the producer selling to you in that movie mm-hmm. what's the underlying story who's the hero who's the bad guy is there a christ figure if not you know what's what are the moral uh, meanings and funny one time <laughs> our youngest one time uh, in the car said can't we just go to a movie? You know? <laughs> years later, that was hilarious. We were in the car together as an, all adults. And I think the same kid said, you know, the underlying narrative of that movie was <laughs> <laughs> so, That's awesome. So I believe at that point I responded, can we not just go to a movie? <laughs> that is awesome. So, yeah. I'm sitting here listening to your example and I'm smiling because I'm thinking, okay, right before the break, we also talked about how iron sharpens iron and how we just, we bring out the best in each other. We, and, and how each of us have different gifts and talents and virtues. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking, and yes, and your family room, of course, because each of you has the, the gift and the virtue of, you know, of godly wisdom and all of this. That's what you're bringing to your children. That's what you are doing to help your children become um, who God was creating them to be uh, thinking critically. But right before the break, we did talk about that scripture about how iron sharpens iron and how in marriage, especially we have that beautiful opportunity as husband and wife to sharpen each other and to um, become instruments um, of, of helping people, each other get to uh, have ultimate salvation in Christ and one of the practical ways of understanding that is saying, okay, so if we do say we have, we are, we come into the marriage, not only with different types of brokenness, but we also come into the marriage wonderfully enough with different virtues as well. And how each of our virtues and sometimes having opposite virtues helps in that iron sharpening iron. I think it would, uh, it be, I know it's real helpful to hear like examples of that. So can you share uh, how that, how that might look in a marriage or an example of that? Yeah, and Stephanie's one of Stephanie's strengths is, is the gift of fortitude, um, and a, a, a kind of a daughter of that gift is constancy. Mm. I'm pretty, I'm probably excessively detached uh, on a human level, interpersonal. I love people very much, but when I became Catholic, I was single and I was in an Anglican seminary, believe it or not. But I discerned monastic life before I discerned marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephanie will tell you that if I'm not careful, I will disappear to the world. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, I'll be hidden somewhere in a cave. That's just sort of my normal. And what Stephanie has done for me is help me to stay present um, to people, uh, especially in conflict. I'm not a runner. Um, but I, but I do tend to, you know, if I have to choose to spend time with someone, I'm going to spend time with someone who is, we're, we're running the same direction instead of someone who's fighting me. And so, uh, she's taught me how sometimes it's really important to stay engaged with the one who is fighting you with the one who's causing you a lot of pain. And that's probably been super beneficial. I shouldn't say probably. It's been super beneficial in trying to understand our youngest, who's the most different from me, mm-hmm. who I love dearly, but is very different than I am. Um, and just persevering in difficult relationships, I think, is probably her gift of fortitude is brought to me in our marriage. Yeah, I, I think the beauty of this having opposite virtues is that we sit together like a puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so these two souls have come together in marriage to become one person. 
And so the Lord loves perfection, mm. right? He's always drawing us to perfection. So he's going to draw us to someone who is going to challenge our own vices or our brokenness or our weaknesses. They're going to be stronger in it. So they're going to, in that challenge, it's going to help us to, as it were, borrow from their faith, borrow from their perseverance, borrow from their fortitude when we feel like we can't anymore. And, and we just need to allow the other person to be strong for us during that time to hold on to us. I love that visual of walking together hand in hand. And when one person draws back, when the wife draws back and we start to fall back, the husband doesn't let go. He draws her forward with his strength. And when the husband falls back, she draws him forward, but they never let go of one another. And we accept ourselves in that brokenness, but not leaving each other there, mm-hmm. rather calling us to this greater perfection that the Lord desires for us. And it's that procreative part of the marriage that really brings forth God's grace in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Such That's a beautiful, yeah, yeah, beautiful awesome. image. Um, as I said, when I reached out to you originally, uh, Kelly and I are going to be making your um, divine intimacy retreat, not because, you know, everything's wrong, but because, as Kelly always says, let's make it better, because I think you've both said you have very similar personalities from the standpoint you're both type A personalities. I think Dan's comment was nobody has to give Stephanie a to-do list. She knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> and Kelly and I are different as much as I'm very outgoing, loud, and, and a lot of other things that I won't mention on air. Um, Kelly's very reserved, very quiet, very um, contemplative, you know, very intercessory. Where, again, here, here we are on radio together. I'd like you to do me a favor. Would you personally invite our listeners and any of us to your retreat, please, and give them some details? Yeah, I, mean, I want to talk to the guys really quick and just say, one, uh, we're not going to make you do goofy exercises that make you feel stupid that are designed by women for, for women and foisted <laughs> upon men. Thank you very much. Yeah, my husband will be happy to hear that. <laughs> right. We, we don't do that. Uh, one of the things I love about Stephanie, when we got married, she said, I don't think men are dis- misbehaving women, which is the way our current society treats men. Uh, uh. So we, you know, so guys, you're going to get straight talk about real issues, nothing esoteric. You're going to walk away with a handbook in the end that you complete, that we'll walk you through, that is going to be a roadmap to a really powerful, beautiful relationship. I want to just say this last thing, too, in terms of testimonial, because you mentioned it, and then let Stephanie add her two cents, but... As an example of the power of this retreat, we had a couple who had not had marital intimacy for in, uh, around 20 years. Oh, jeez. And because of the retreat, not only did the husband experience a conversion, but then they renewed their marital intimacy to the delight of both of them, of course, because it's holier than it ever was before. Um, more uh, substantive and pure than ever before because they're both now converted. Mm. So we've seen people in some pretty bad spots. We've seen people like you, Craig, mentioned just wanting to go good from good to better. Our God is an infinite God, and what we can discover in him and in his presence and among us is never-ending. Our marriage today is by far better than it was when we got married. It's better than it was last year. You know, why wouldn't you want a companion that's your best friend? Why wouldn't you want a companion 
that is constantly helping you to be, you know, to follow Jesus and to, to know peace and to be healed. And that's what our marriage is. And we're very broken. And that's really important for people to understand <laughs> that this isn't perfect people telling you how to be perfect like us. We've discovered a way out of the swamp and it's in and through Jesus and the church. And if, you, if you're tired of the swamp or you're tired of you know, not making progress as you think, or you're tired of, or you just want more, you know there's more, then I think you're going to find it. But you have more to say than me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that's all absolutely true. And, you know, I would also add, we also take time to help you understand how the enemy works in your marriage to distort your image of the other and to distort communications and um, how the enemy works 24-7 to destroy your marriage. Mm -hmm. And then all the tools to get beyond that and to recognize when the enemy's working in your marriage and how to fight that. So it's incredibly powerful. As Dan said, you know, we've seen marriages healed. And to the extent that you enter in with your hands open and say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm here to receive it, and you listen for that thing that's going to help turn the tide or, or take the tide and take it to a whole different level, then he's going to send it to the extent that you're open to it. You know, he'll have his way in your marriage. Mm, that's great. And do you have dates and location, please? Yeah, go to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or just go to the events tab. And you'll see all of our events. You'll see all the places that we travel, all the locations that we will be at, either doing the Into the Deep uh, retreats on prayer and going deeper into the interior life or spiritual warfare and discernment of spirits. Again, our marriage retreats. Um, I also do retreats for educators and women's <laughs> events and stuff. So you can find everything that we do in our ministry there and also find all the resources of our podcasts, blogs, uh, videos, everything there. So there's tons of content there, but the events tab is in the particular place where you'll be able to find what we do and be able to join it and register. So we'd love to have you. And I just wanted to put one more plug for the marriage retreat that guys, this is kind of a one and done for Christmas. You can go and register <laughs> and print out that page. You roll it up, you put a little ribbon around it. It's under the tree. It's done. And I can guarantee you it will be the most incredible gift you've ever given your wife because she is just going to be beyond floored that you've entered into this space of love and connectivity and vulnerability with her. So that would be awesome. Um, so listeners, if you are driving or something, you can't write all that down. You can go back to our show notes here at the quest Atlantis slash the family room, and you can get all of this information on the Brooks as well. And once again, their website was spiritualdirection.com. And this is the family room. We're talking to Dan and Stephanie Burke. It's been a delightful conversation as delightful as it can be talking about something like spiritual warfare, right? <laughs> but one of the things, Stephanie, you just mentioned, I thought was so important um, when you're in a marriage and you see that instead of seeing your spouse as the person who's there to be your cross or to be such a challenge to you to realize that there are times when you are under spiritual attack, you know, the enemy is attacking you. And instead of seeing that person as the enemy, once you recognize that it's the enemy that's happening, you then instead of, instead of fighting against your spouse, you start to fight for your spouse. And that makes all the difference. I know that happened to me recently in a relationship. I was really frustrated with somebody and all of a sudden God just gave me this, this insight to 
see where the evil one was attacking our relationship. And as soon as I realized the evil one was the one attacking us and it wasn't the other person attacking me, it totally changed the way I was coming into the relationship. And it gave me this great courage and conviction to fight with that person and to fight for that person against the evil one. And that changed everything. It totally changed our relationship. And it especially changed my heart and gave me so much more peace because I understood my role and what I needed to do with that. In other shows, we talked about different things that we've learned. And we I think we calculated 90-some cumulative years of marriage uh, between the three of us. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things we all agreed on was... Don't take your spouse too seriously or don't take yourself too seriously. And that was like really good advice. But then as as we listened to the podcast that you guys did about what your spouse is saying and what you're hearing her say (laughs) or what you're hearing him say may not be what they're saying. (laughs) And there's a little bit more to that than double entendre, right? There's a very deep and like pluck the wrong nerve or plucking a nerve unknowingly. Can you take a minute? Because that seems like a very practical application. Yeah, and, and I, I can jump in here. So often what we experience coming from someone else when we're in the middle of a challenge or a difficulty or a trial is filtered through our own woundedness mm-hmm. and our own brokenness and our own experiences, whether they be good, bad, or somewhere in between, right? So we have to listen and communicate with the voice of the Lord, right? And so how do we discern God's voice, right? Versus what maybe we're hearing or or what we're experiencing. And God's voice, and Dan will fill me fill in here because he can rattle these off off the top of his head, but it's peace, patience, gentleness, love, kindness, kindness self-control. faithfulness, self-control. You know, that's God's voice. It's the fruits of the Spirit. And so if what we're hearing is coming through the voice of the fruits of the Spirit, that's of God, and we can receive that in peace. If it's not, we need to discern that either what is being said is coming from somebody else's place of woundedness, right? Mm -hmm. And, And not to receive it as an affront, but rather to understand they're in pain or they're in desolation and... If they knew how much it was hurting, they wouldn't do it, right? To see somebody through the eyes of charity, which I think is such an important thing, is to look at your loved one and say, if they knew how much they were hurting me, they wouldn't do this. And I need to stand in the breach, as it were, and allow myself to stay in this place and not run, not flee, but show them the face of Christ, to receive the burden of their pain, and then to respond with the voice of God to bring peace, right? Mm-hmm. You know, St. Francis's prayer, wherever there's discord, I need to bring peace. Whether it's hate, I need to bring love, whatever that is. And if we can respond in that way, now it's not easy. <laughs> we can transform our marriage. And it really speaks to the necessity that as individuals, we really need to do a lot of our own work, right? Through spiritual direction through deep prayer and reflection, through our own healing of our wounds and our brokenness and and self-awareness, because St. Teresa of Avila teaches that you need to grow in self-awareness to your last breath. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow in holiness, because you need to understand who you are, what your reactions and words and emotions are coming from, and make sure that they're grounded in Christ 
and not from a place of brokenness or, or bad habits or bad generational issues, right? So entering in deeply to become who God is wanting you to be and in that crucifixion of marriage, standing as Christ to build a bridge over which truth can pass and healing can pass, mm. and you can come to a greater understanding. That's beautiful. I said that a lot in this interview. <laughs> I was just a lot, thinking that. A lot of deep and beautiful things. One key, I don't know, maybe in looking back at something you just said, you talked about in becoming who God wants us to be, not necessarily who somebody else wants us to be. And Dan, with as comfortable as you are talking a little bit about the, you know, the brokenness you came out of where your understanding of who you are may have been damaged by something somebody said, how do you overcome that, though? I mean, it's real easy to say, think positively, just look in the mirror and say, oh, you're awesome, you're great. But I think it goes deeper than that. Can you kind of draw down on that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, my, my home life was not safe for humans or adults, kids or adults. And my stepfather fired a gun in our home in an argument with my mother and beat her in the emergency room. I mean, there are caskets filled with... Uh, little bodies and medium-sized bodies because of the dysfunction of my home. It was quite severe at times. So coming out of that, you know, there's an, an unending string of lies that I was told about who I am and who I was and, and, and whether or not I was worthy to live or worthy of love, you know. So it, what I had to do as I became a Christian was begin to, in believing Jesus, when he said, my peace, I love you, my peace, I give you, not as the world gives, you know, and believing the Holy Spirit through St. Paul that said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can prove, you can live out the reality of what it means to be um, in union with God, if I could translate that a little bit different than, than popularly. Um, what St. Paul said about um, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, which is our spiritual warfare. So I went through this process of memorizing scripture, and every time I would come to what I would call at one time at least extreme anxiety, I would begin to renounce that in Jesus' name, but just because James 4, 7 said it, you know, resist the devil, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And so I said, well, this is the word of God, this is truth. So I just went through this process of one, when I had mental experiences that were painful and destructive to me, that I knew were contrary to God's will and word, I would re rebuke them in Jesus' name, and then I would deal with the lies that I was hearing and replace them with, you know, not unlike what Jesus did in the wilderness, mm -hmm. his battle with the devil. The devil would say, this is true, therefore do this, and Jesus would say, you know, he would quote scripture in, in every case against him. So mm -hmm. I would do the same. I would go to scripture where it said that not only am I worthy of God's love, but he knit me together in my mother's womb, mm -hmm. you know. It, he set me apart before the foundation of the world, which he's in one. You know, I'm adopted in him. I am, I am loved like he gave his life for me. He wants, he, he created me for this eternal relationship of love then those thoughts began to replace the lies of things told by people who are supposed to tell you good things with the truth. And the truth liberates. The truth, Jesus said the truth will set you free. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth isn't just 
fact, it's a person, it's a reality, it's an encounter that literally is transformative when we reject the lie, embrace the truth, it reprograms our minds and our hearts, and then, of course, our wills, so that we can live and walk in the freedom of those things. So that's just a taste, I guess. Yeah, and if, if I can add something to that and, and give everybody a, a practical resource for that, mm-hmm. if they're struggling with any of those things, is that we need to understand that this isn't a psychological exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, Scripture, the Word is, is living. It's transformative. And so when we engage in, in meditating on Scripture and on reading God's Word, it lives in and through us, and it transforms and purifies us and sets us free through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, one of the beautiful things that Dan put together, and you can find it at spiritualdirection.com, is you can search who are you, mm-hmm. you know. And if you search who are you on spiritualdirection.com, you'll see a list of all the beautiful scriptures of who God says you are, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, and it helps transform the lives that sometimes we have heard directly by others or sometimes we've entered in with the enemy and we've come into agreement with them mm-hmm. because of our wounds, because of our experiences. And we have said, I'm useless. I'm a failure. I'll never amount to anything. I can't get my life together. Nobody will love me. Right. And, and we have to understand and recognize that that's happening and then replace that with the truth. Right. You know, you just have given us such a beautiful image of what your retreat is probably all about because you said not only how you're going to work together and how you're going to see the woundedness of your partner and you're going to have fortitude and stay with them and work with them but you're also doing your own work and this is this example you just gave us is that our own work that we each need to do because we're bringing our own wounds and our own the lies from the enemy into this as well So listeners, we, um, all of us are going to head to the retreat. So we want you to come along with us, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So we thank you so much, both of you, Stephanie and Dan for your time today and for your willingness to share, um, from your own experience and also from all this beautiful wisdom, um, that God has, has gifted you to be able to create this retreat and all these other resources for all of us out here who are in the, we're grateful for the opportunity to be with you guys. Yes. We ask for everybody's prayer and know that we're, we're praying for anybody that's touched through our ministry at all times. So uh, please pray for us and rest assured of our prayers as well. Wonderful. Would you do, would you actually do that right now? Would you pray for our listeners as we, as we end up today? Absolutely. Uh, Heavenly Father, Christ, our brother, Holy Spirit, thank you, sanctifier. We adore you. We bless you. We thank you for this time. We thank you uh, for the gift of technology and its ability to spread the good news that you have come to set us free. We ask that every person that hears this uh, would receive your love and your blessing and be set free. And we ask and we uh, say this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much. Appreciate all your time. And listeners, please join us again here next week on The Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.